Wallet. Listening to CITR Radio FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there the Paolas from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada from 1979, their first seven inch with Make Some Noise. The Paolas at that time. Featuring Ian Tiles drums, Marty Higgs bass, Bob Rock lead guitar, and Paul Hyde rhythm vocals. Everybody sings, everybody plays organ. They pay all as 1979, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The B-side of the China Boys 7-inch. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Flostradamus and... Dylan Francis on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And to prepare you for Flostradamus and Dylan Francis, gonna play something from 1990. Yes, the Nights and Days, the Fallouts, the Mono Men, and Sugar Sugar all appear on Puget Power Volume 1 on the Regal Select record label. Picked this up from Horses Records in Vancouver, 
British Columbia, Canada. And this came from Amazing Larry from Garage Grooves, Delandro Knots, and also the Captain Cook and Anutka Sounds personal collection. And we're going to hear the fallouts right here on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with greed. The fallouts. Oh, uh, <clears throat> that was not the uh, fallouts right there. And the fallouts.
again, you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. That right there was Sauna with the Glam from their cheap date cassette. And I read a letter that accompanied this cassette. Thank you, Sauna. Hi, Nardwar. Here's a copy of the album we put out on Burger Records last year. Hope you like it. I also included the newest tape from the label I, CJ Guitar Run, with Sauna's bass player, Ethan. Hope you dig the songs. Let us know if you ever want anything else. Do-do-do-do-do, Sauna. So thank you so much, Sauna, for sending this cassette. And we heard from Sauna, the glam. And before Sauna, we heard the statics from the Puget Power compilation. Actually, I am wrong. We heard the statics from the Seattle versus Austin compilation, and we heard the statics Billy Childish cover, Kinds of Women. So that's from 1996 on Static Records from Seattle versus Austin. It features the Primate Five and the statics representing Seattle, and the Inhalants and Jack O'Fire representing Austin. And the winner is, well, you decide. We'll have to play more tracks in upcoming weeks on a Nardward Human Survey Radio Show, but you heard The Statics with Kinds of Women. And before that, from the Puget Power compilation, you heard a little bit there of the fallouts from Seattle, Washington. A little bit there, because a tiny bit there was a bit cut off by the Sonic favorite sons the fallouts although the sonics being from tacoma but still i like to think they're from seattle and of course when i think of seattle i think of the fallouts who are the fallouts with greed from the puget power compilation from 1990 and coming up right now is an interview with flostradamus and then an interview with dylan francis flostradamus from chicago and to prepare you for flostradamus thought i would play something that DJ Boyfriend, a.k.a. Josh, from Flostradamus did, called The Shouts, where he shouted out all his mates. So we're going to play a little bit of The Shouts Part 2, which is a good little shout-out track, courtesy Flostradamus, and then after that, an interview with Flostradamus, and then an interview with Dylan Francis on... The Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. So here right now is DJ, DJ, DJ Boyfriend with the shouts on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, part two. Tell them in this motherfucker Baby, you up in this 
From? Chicago. From? Kalamazoo, Michigan. From? From New York. From Flostradamus. Flostradamus <laughs> in the middle. Let's go. And Kurt, who do you have beside you? Uh, this is my best friend Josh right here. Hello, Josh. Hey, how's it going, Narwar? Right off the bat, what is Sparks Mosa? Sparks Mosa is a drink that uh, a band I was in called Hyper Viper, we used to make this and we used to mix this drink called Sparks, which is the original Four Loco, and we used to mix it with... Uh, what was it? Champagne. And uh, actually, my moped gang as well. We all used to mix that together. It was champagne and sparks mixed together. It's like a mimosa. That's the Petty Cash? Blackout drink? <laughs> yeah, a blackout drink. Oh, uh, yeah. The moped gang is called Petty Cash from Chicago. Illinois. That's right. Shut down. Shout out to Hollywood Holt. Throw a kit. Yes, throw a kit on that. On that bitch. Can you say the B word? It's on that bitch. Please explain. Hollywood Holt. Let's throw a kit. Throw a kit is when you have a moped and you need to soup it up and make it go more than 30 miles per hour. So you need it to go maybe 40 to 50 and you throw a kit on it, which like soups up the moped. Makes it even faster. Are you into the mopeds at all? Uh, No, I crashed a couple though. What happened? I was going really fast and he made a sharp turn and I went straight because I couldn't make it and I hit like a a launch pad. I caught air and then I crashed and it was really bad. I still have a scar. Swarm and destroy. Yes, that is the mantra of the moped army. Yeah. Bling's barbecue? Bling barbecue. <laughs> yes, that's the first uh, moped barbecue that we threw in Chicago back in 2003, two. I don't even know, a while ago. Now, have you guys abandoned the mopeds? Uh, I never rode them that regularly, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I moved to New York, and it's just kind of hard to upkeep a moped out there. The city's too rough. So I ended up getting a motorcycle, like a lot of the moped kids did, and I've abandoned that even. It's just planes and trains now. Thank you, Todd P. Oh, oh Todd wow. Yes. Shout out, Todd P., for real. Yeah, real on some real shit, like, uh, Todd P., like, one of the first shows that we played at South by Southwest was his party with uh, Matt and Kim. And it was awesome because they didn't have anything for us. It was just an abandoned like parking lot. And we got like a door, like an, an old door, put it up on some trash cans and DJ between bands. And it was dope because that was when uh, Nick Ketchdubs came out. And that was our introduction to the fader, introduction to Fool's Gold, all that. What is the wall of death? 
Wall of Death is a dance move, I guess you could call it, uh, that like originated in like hardcore and, and metal music. And it's where you separate the crowd in half and each side is a wall. And then at the drop, you run together and cause chaos into a mosh pit pretty much. And you guys have done that a few times? Yes, we do it almost every night. And how has it gone over? It's gone over really well. In EDM, the wall of death is a new thing, so these kids are trying to figure it out, but I think every night they'll get... Practice makes perfect. We'll make it happen. Now, Kurt, is this a trick that you learned from Vanilla Ice? Because you played with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, my God. Yeah, I played with Vanilla Ice way back in the day uh, as a solo art, and it was not what I learned from him, even though his style is very metal now. So, yeah, played with 2000... Uh, what was it, 2002 Vanilla Ice? Crazy. Rob Van Winkle. Yep. What's the importance of the Flow Zone show? Oh, my God. Uh, Flow Zone was a TV show I did when I was like 17 in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it was all the local rappers in Kalamazoo that used to like, I don't know, battle rap. And I was the DJ for them uh, on, on public access. It's pretty crazy. Now you come from quite a musical family. What bands was your dad in? Actually, that's his 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 family is more the musical one. But didn't your dad play in a band? Oh, my dad never played in bands. His dad did. Your dad was a crate digger, though. Uh, he's actually, uh, my dad owns a thrift store, so he's just a digger in general of anything and everything. So, like, he has a, uh, a thing called Used to Be Yours, and it's used to be yours, and it's pretty much anything used. He'll, he'll buy it and then resell it, and that's his thing. And he also has a store in Kalamazoo, Michigan, if you're out there, called The Store. <laughs> you can get anything free. And Josh, what bands was your dad in? My dad was in a Talking Heads cover band called Access. What tunes did they cover? All Talking Heads? Yeah, All Talking Heads, all the all the great 80s hits, man. It was awesome. I, I actually felt really proud of him when I found that he was in a Talking Heads cover band. It's kind of rare. What has he told you about that, and how did you find out? He didn't tell you? No, he didn't tell me, And I, but I noticed we always had like tons of Talking Heads cassettes and records all around the house, and I just asked my mom once. I was like, why do we have so much Talking Heads like memorabilia? And she was like, oh, your dad's like a huge Talking Head, and he <laughs> and he always, like, he, he had all the stuff, and he played in a band that covered their songs, so that was it. Are there any tapes at all you can sample? You could sample your dad doing the Talking Heads? I wish. Oh, my God, I wish so much. It'd be awesome. There's no recorded material, but he did tell me he got a lot of pussy from it, so it was cool. <laughs> You went to school with Jason Newstead? Yes, I did. Shout out Metallica. Uh, the bass, the ex-bassist of Metallica, Jason Newstead, went to my high school. He graduated a couple years prior to me, but that's pretty crazy, yeah. Photon laser tag. Oh, that's uh, Jubilation. Yeah, Jubilation is like an old club that was like on the south side of Chicago in the south suburbs in Chicago Heights. And basically what it was was it was a photon laser tag spot. And then afterwards, they would shut down and be like an all ages or 18 plus uh, rave. And I was too young to go. But my sister, kid sister, she actually went all the time and would bring me mixtapes. So that had a huge, huge part to do with like how the music that we make now and everything. I love what all started with laser tag. Yeah, and now we have lasers at our show. Crazy. Have you ever gone back there? Like, can you do some more laser tagging? I haven't been back, but I do know that it's uh, turned into a strip club called Club O. <laughs> and I know that because of my dad, who was in Talking Heads cover bands. I love because you guys rep Chicago so hard, don't you? Yes, sir. The house sound of Chicago. And I got a gift for you here. No, it's tight. This is the history of Chicago house. We can tell the people about these artists here. Well right here steve so curly jack your body is probably the best house song ever and actually out of all the the levels of house music jack house is one of my favorite of the genres of house music personally yeah. and this particular record also has all the bpms on it for you guys to use yes. that's how you know it was owned by a real dj too man because you gotta you gotta label that shit that's how we used to do it we used to tap it out and then you like write the bpm on there so you know 
Any of the other artists on there that you guys are into? Have you met any of these guys? Because this is like the history of Chicago House. Oh, this song, Farley Jackmaster Funk, the Love Can't Turn Around, that was just a hit, man. Like, these are all records that were honestly before our time, even as DJs. But growing up, we heard them, all our uncles and stuff, like playing them at house parties. So we used to, like, mix them into our sets and mix current radio records in with, like, all these old school house records. So is this record one that you don't have? Like, I'm giving you a record you already have? I have that. It's the awesome physical of this one, for sure. This is crazy, for real. Especially with all these hits on it. Like, you know, How would these go over at the Mad Decent Block Party? I'm going to say three of these would probably go off. Yeah. Love Can't Turn Around would definitely be a good starter. Move Your Body, of course. You got to loop up the Jack, 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 Jack Your Body. You could, loop, you could loop that up over and like put some other drums over it. You got to see, you got you to gotta like take it to the next millennium for these kids, for the, for the youth. That's right. I guess I was curious. Did you guys ever get a chance to meet Frankie Knuckles at all? Frankie Knuckles? Yeah, actually, I met him once, just very briefly. And uh, it was in Melbourne, Australia, at like a really nice restaurant. And uh, we just happened to be sitting there, me and my wife. And we looked over and it was like, oh, shit, Frankie Knuckles is there. So I I went over and just introduced myself. And he was a legend, man. Totally awesome guy. Yeah, what can you tell people about Frankie Knuckles? Oh, dude, he was one of the originators of this whole scene. Uh, I'm, I'm not from Chicago, so I don't know as much as Josh does on the history of it all, but this dude right here, any of his tracks are always like the best thing ever at dance parties back in the day. Well, New York had a lot of the original sound with the disco and what, and like the, the, the basically the origination of that sound, and then they brought it to Chicago. Frankie Knuckles brought it to Chicago, took it to the warehouses. They started to loop it up and add a lot of the electronic drum, like the rep- repetitious drums, and that's how House was made. DJ Boyfriend. DJ Boyfriend, that was my alter ego. In this motherfucking house. That's right, that's right. <laughs> you shout out, you shouted out quite a few people there. Yeah, I, I did, um, there was a record, an old house record called The Shouts, and it was like, uh, I forget who fucking who the record was right now, but basically it was all shouting out all the parties, all the DJs of the time, and I wanted to do the, like the 2013 or 20, 2012 version, so I shouted out, you know, like, Hollywood Holt, I shouted out, uh, who the fuck else, man? Uh, Willie Joy, yeah, just like all the Chicago parties, all the Chicago clubs. Yeah, it was just like all the current shit at that time. What about Gramophone Records? You guys know Gramophone Records? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Gra- Gramophone was like the spot. We used to dig for records all the time back in the day, but it was during the time where I was broke and it was pre-EDM. And uh, it, we used to go through like all the cutout bins, all the like the really cheap record bins. And that's how I found out about Mr. Oizo. They had like a 25 cent record of like flat beat back in the day. And like we used to get all the hood because, OK, Gramophone Records is like one of the best house record, uh, house music record shops in all of Chicago. But they always had like a hip hop section that no one ever touched. So like 25 cents, I was finding out about Little John, all these like crazy like southern hip-hop artists back in the day when i was younger it's crazy wizards are epic wizards are epic is a song that my band hyper viper has that is probably the fastest song in the history of the world uh and yeah it's epic and you were a drummer yes i was a drummer in hyper viper and you guys played slut fest yes we did play slut fest wow throwback yes and you also played on chickagogo the cable access tv show and i have a gift for you the chickagogo cd yes yes oh, oh, my- i can't tell people about chickagogo so chickagogo was uh chicago public access again i've been on a lot of public access shows apparently <laughs> and uh <laughs> i'm you know, i'm trying to get there mtv i see you all right uh, anyway chickagogo was a public access show and uh it was just a dance party for kids but for some reason they like brought all these like punk bands and like underground bands on it to perform for these little kids and yeah hyper viper was asked to play it we played it there were little kids and like tutus dancing around us it was awesome and it's still going it is chicago going yeah i haven't seen it in a while like i said i don't live in chicago but i'm sure it's still on new york no i don't the syndication you know it's on youtube now oh yeah i know that's what i gotta watch it on youtube thank you whole foods 
Hey, that's this guy right here. No, but thank you, Whole Foods. Oh, thank me, Whole Foods. I guess I took him out of the trenches, man. He was in Whole Foods working behind the hot bar. Right, like wasn't it your friend that spotted Kurt at Whole Foods? That's right, that's right. Yeah, it was my buddy. Uh, I was living with a real- Who was your buddy? Let's identify him. Uh, Marcus Garcia. He was in Low Boys with uh, Jerome LOL. And uh, yeah, he just like, basically I was looking to start like a trio or like, a duo, basically a DJ duo. He put me onto this guy and uh, the rest is history. But it's amazing though. That's the actual ground zero, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus Garcia. Yeah, it was. I never see him thanked anywhere. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you, Marcus. Maybe you want to do a little shout out to the camera? Hey, yo, Marcus Garcia. Thank you. You still owe me one month's rent. <laughs> Bapu? <laughs> I think he gave it uh, that in time, <laughs> over time. <laughs> the Rocket Star Cafe. Rocket Star Cafe was a coffee shop in Kalamazoo owned by one of the leaders of the Moped Gang in Kalamazoo, Daniel Kastner. And uh, yeah, that's where we always used to meet up. I ended up moving out of Chicago like right when that started bustling a little bit, but that was kind of the epicenter for all of the moped culture and culture for young kids in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is pretty amazing. Bruno's Pizza? Yes. Martini's Pizza? What can tell people about those? Muhammad Ali? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, I'm going to just take it back just to Bruno's Pizza in general. I got to shout out Bruno's Pizza. Uh, it's it's to me it's all nostalgia. It's the to me it's all the best pizza from nostalgia. So I took him there and I was like, "Yo Josh, you got to try this place." He tried it and he told me it tastes like roller rink pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay, his I let his dad order. We went as a family. It was me, Kurt, his mom and dad. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to let the the man of the house order this pizza." And he was like, "We're going to get the hamburger pizza." <laughs> and I knew once he said hamburger, I was like, "We're in business." And then he brought it and it was it was pretty pretty much cardboard with some, <laughs> some driving. Yeah, but if you're in Kalamazoo, check out Bruno's. I know he's hating. It's it's good. Don't do that. And I shut it out Martinis cuz that's from Muhammad Ali ate. Martinis, you know Martinis in Kalamazoo? I do. Yeah, Martinis Martini's is actually really good, too. I, I get more of the eggplant parm there. Though. I don't get the pizza, and it's an amazing place as well. I didn't know Muhammad Ali ate there, though. Yeah, he did. I knew that. I went there once. But, yo, for real, that place can knock you out. I can see why he went there, man. It's crazy. You also like It's It ice cream? Yes. Oh, my God. I do. And we were just in San Francisco two days ago, and I didn't get an It's It, which is sad. I'm, I'm crying on the inside. But I heard for the fall season, they released exclusive pumpkin It's It's, and I didn't even get one. And one thing really quickly, we went to the It's It factory once, just like right before a flight it was like it's really close to the airport you have to make a special call for that we're Flossa Thomas we want to visit the oh, factory we called in no we, we, we just like run off the highway we saw the sign we went over they were closing they like turned the sign to close and the woman saw the desperation in our eyes and came out with like two hands full of it's it's like more than we could eat and gave them to us for free so shout out it's it for real that was awesome Josh it's important to note that Doug's is closing hot Doug's what can tell people hot Doug's closing and hot Doug and the guy behind the counter and the lineup please explain the hot Doug's experience right, hot Doug's experience is First off, you got to get ready to wait. So you're going to wait about a hot 30 minutes to 45 minutes to get your hot dog. You got to have cash too because that's all it takes. But it's the best hot dog you can ever have if you want to get experimental with your dog. So you can go to Portillo's and get the, the, the standard Chicago hot dog. But if you want like an alligator sausage or like a duck sausage with foie gras on it, you got to go to Hot Dogs. It's the best place in Chicago and it closes in October. So get there now. And Doug is always behind the counter. It's the same guy. So you get to know Doug? Uh, I got to know him to the, to the point that he gives me a little discount every time I go in. And they have neat names for the dogs, too. Like, one's the Bo Derek. Yeah, well, they always they have names for everything. Every week, they have, like, a hot dog of the week and stuff. I always get the, the well, I used to get the veggie dog when I was vegetarian. What was the name of that one? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know the name of it all. I just say the veggie dog. But all the names are crazy. It's one of the best places you got to go if you have a couple of weeks to go. Flosser Thomas, for you guys, everything is a jump off, isn't it? What's a jump off? 
Uh, well, the jump off is when when the party starts, and then usually the jump off leads to the turn up, and then maybe the turn down later. I don't know. That's usually how it goes. It's a succession of it. That's right. Everything jumps off, and we're at the. We're, as far as like we're concerned, when we get on like stage, everything jumps off. Before that, it might not have jumped off. What about an Italian coffee jump off? Jump off. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'll drink an Italian coffee and listen to Lil Kim the jump off as well. That's like one of my favorite songs. The Town Hall Pub is where he started out. They had pudding shots there and vodka gummy bears? Well, yes, it wasn't pudding. It was jello shots, but I don't think it'd be pudding. It was the other jello, actual like gelatinous jello. Uh, and yeah, that's what it was. We always had, we had parties there. That's how we started it at Town Hall Pub. And the owner was just like always down for our party because it was something totally different. So every, every time we're like, all right, we're going to do a party next week. He's like, cool, jello shots, jello shots. And he, he, always, loved, he loved all the, having the young kids there. It made him feel young. And then he always remind us about how he did acid in his eye and went blind that was it but the grateful dead also went there as well i heard yeah yeah, yeah that was their whole thing it was like a grateful dead kind of hippie band uh hippie bar and they had uh, comedy and then they had flostradamus yeah real quick that town hall pub is a grateful dead bar in the middle of boys town like the gay neighborhood of chicago so everything around it is like gay bars all over the place and then there's just this little teeny like house like in the up in the middle that's just like grateful dead bar it's crazy yeah Shout out to Julia, Chris, and Sam. Yes, sir. Yo, they kept they kept us really faded, and they kept everybody having a good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Marianne as well. She was part of that crew too. Yeah, she's actually the one that gave us the night. Yeah. yeah. And around this time, you're also working at Petco. Oh uh, no, <laughs> I wasn't actually at that time. It was just a little bit before, but uh, I worked at PetSmart. Yes, in the specialty department. That's lizards, reptiles, uh, fish, guinea pigs. I was hustling. Because I imagine you slipping them some of the vodka gummy pears, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I, honestly, I love that job. It was the best job I had, but like, as far as corporate America goes, PetSmart. Uh, shout out PetSmart. Fluster Domus, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes. Mad decent block party. Turn up. You love the words Seabus and Skytrain, don't you? Yes, we do. Shout out Tyler Fedchuk real quick. Yeah. Uh, it was just, I, we're really into all, anything Canadian and just the way that they were like, oh yeah, you can take the Seabus to the Skytrain and go over here. And it was just so Canadian that it just had us lolling. Yeah. And Tyler from CITR Radio took you on a Talladega Nights experience. Can you explain about that? Taking your shirt off? Oh yeah. Okay. So oh, we, shit. So, yeah, we uh, <laughs> anytime we actually, Vancouver was the first time I ever shotgun a beer. We've been doing this for almost a decade. So we've been coming here for a while and first time we ever shotgunned a beer we ended up just drinking in the streets like in front of the police station walked all the way and saw Talladega Nights and of course shirts off in the theater just drinking in the theater Bro, it was crazy. we snuck a 30 pack of beer into the theater like I know people that have tried to sneak a, like a Snickers into a theater and got caught we somehow got like a cold case like in Cokey. yeah and then also I remember I jumped up on the screen like with it was like the credits were projected on me and I pro I'm probably the one with the shirt off but I was like I was in there we just like turned up in the theater but I remember feeling like uh, like uh, after that trip Vancouver is like the island in Pinocchio where kids can do whatever they want like we were smoking weed and like cops pulled us over they didn't do anything I just thought it was amazing we can get, get away with anything here now, this shout out to my gay husband, Jason. Was he the guy that brought you here? Who brought you here first? Yes, yeah, yeah. Shout out my gay husband. Actually, shout out Paul Devereaux as well. A ton of the Canadian kids up here. It's awesome. But yeah, my gay husband was the first person who booked us here. You were like, this is your first out of town gig? Right, right, yeah. First out of town gig. Our first gig outside of Chicago. Yep. And we went international right away. It's crazy. Number one. Straight, yeah. to, the, straight to the top of the charts after that. Yep. What was neat about the Talladega Nights experience was, wasn't it something to do with like you were in the theater, so you'd have your shirt off, but then you'd go to like 
the washroom, so you have to put your shirt back on. So like your shirt kept coming on and off, on and off, on and off. <laughs> so yeah, yo, actually there's a Gucci Mane song called My Shirt Off, and that's what we were channeling at that time. <laughs> what was it like staying with Tyler Fedchuk and Tony X from the band Needles Pins for an entire month? Because didn't you guys stay here for an entire month? Pretty, pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a couple, two, three weeks. And uh, yeah, we were we stayed on East Cordova Street. I think one someone from the whole crew still lives there, and it was a different scene there back in the day. And actually, shout out the Astoria, too. That's right over there, too. We used to hang out. But yeah, staying in Canada for a month. I want to stay here for my whole life. I love this place. I love Vancouver. And Tony X is in the band Needles Pins. Yo. And so I good. wanted to give you a gift here. Right here. This is their brand new 7-inch on Kingfisher Blues. Shout out Tony for real. This is awesome. This is some great music right here. This is awesome. He wasn't really making music back when we were doing this. He was just DJing. And all the stuff I've heard, I haven't heard this yet because it's new. Everything is so great. This is awesome. Thanks for repping Vancouver, BC so hard. Oh, we love it here, man. So awesome. Home away from home, for real. Home away from home. And you guys like the Canadian news, too? Because it's really happy? Yeah, because we notice, like, American news is all like, oh, like, like so-and-so died. Kids are dying everywhere. Like, yada, yada. And then we came to here, and we looked at the news, and it was like, a bear was shot crossing the street earlier. And we are like, oh, is that the headline for today? That's great. Kid's sister is your sister. Yeah. Is it true that she ran coffee for Sigourney Weaver and also built movie props? Yeah, definitely. That was her hustle before. She had like a, a PA job on like a, some, I think it was called The Guys, a movie like in New York. So yeah, she was Sigourney Weaver's like right hand girl. Have you guys met any of Kanye's friends from Chicago? Have you talked to Kanye about growing up in Chicago? Like who he hung out with? What's Kanye Chicago? Because Kanye, kid's sister. Yeah, yeah. They, they've done songs together. We've, we haven't really like hung out and like bro down with Kanye, but a lot of his friends we have. like We know Don C. We know Virgil. Shout out Virgil from Ben Trill, Off-White. Uh, but yeah, Kanye, he's a little harder to get to. It's just a hello. I know he's from Blue, he's from Blue Island, and um, like a lot of the people that are like big from Chicago, even like house producers and stuff, they're actually not from Chicago. Like, I'm not from Chicago. I'm from a place called Markham. So a lot of us are from the south suburbs. So it's actually a really small region just outside of Chicago where all of those people are coming from. Like, Kashmir, uh, the uh, house producer is from Harvey. Percolator. That was important, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That guy is from Harvey. I'm from Markham. And, uh, and Kanye's from Blue Island. So it's all south suburbs. But you never had a chance to speak to him because your kid's sister did that video with him. And, like, you guys were there, I imagine. You didn't, like, run up to him and go, tell me about Chicago. Yeah, he just, he just called me kid brother. I, I, that's all I remember. He just kept calling me kid brother. He was like, yo, kid brother. Yeah, kid brother. All right, cool. Foster Thomas, winding up here, what tricks do you have to make collaborators email you back tracks and vocals? Because, like you say, we'll do a collab. But how would you actually get them to mail the tracks? Isn't it hard to, like, get the people to actually do it? Oh, yeah. What, what do you have? Oh, my, I don't know, really. My tricks, honestly, are just to, like... I don't know. <laughs> Josh, we don't do what Dylan Francis does. He, 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 back in the day, Dylan Francis used to punish us over and over again and send us tracks. Let's just pan over. Who do we have over there? <laughs> we got Dylan Francis. And what would you like to say about Dylan Francis? Uh, I'm going to say, Dylan, Dylan Francis, you're still blocked on my AOL Instant Messenger because this dude kept emailing me stuff way, way back in the day. And then look at him now. He's bigger than us. It's crazy. But yeah, this, that's what we do. If people... I know, I know, man. I listen to him from here on out now. It's amazing. So that's how you get the tracks? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I get the tracks from him from being adamant over and over again. I used to tell him to stop sending me tracks, and now I'm like begging him to send me tracks. It's crazy how it works, how the world works. Yes. <laughs> Josh, Josh and I were friends. Yeah, no. Friends. I, was like, I was like, yo, fuck that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, sorry, you were saying what? Josh and I weren't friends because only Kurt wanted to be friends with me. Josh was just not down. I remember when Josh would like see me, he'd just be like, I'm rolling back to the hotel. <laughs> Is he telling the truth? Is he telling the truth? 
Probably. Yeah, oh, definitely. The yeah. funny thing is I should have taken Josh's lead because I ended up doing that after a while with him. Kurt, this is the thing. Okay, we call what Dylan was, we call that a punisher. And basically it's someone who was just like, well, hound you and hound you with their demo and be like, yo, man, because they're, they're hungry, you know, trying to get to trying to get on. And Kurt is like way more receptive to just people in general. So he'll be like, oh, cool, man. Like he'll like humor it. But I'm just like, yep. Yeah, Josh, Josh, cold shoulders. I'm always, I'm too friendly. I'm from Kalamazoo. I got that Midwest love in me, I guess. Josh, your wife, though, is pretty happening. She is. She's hot. But more importantly, she's gone shopping with CeeLo and got to hang out with Soldier Boy. How did that happen? <laughs> well, she got to hang out with Soldier Boy because of us. We had him come out for uh, for uh, Coachella and then shopping with CeeLo. I actually have no recollection of that whatsoever. So I got to ask her about his girl and my girl were in Atlanta with shout out DJ Speaker Fox from Atlanta oh, as well. Yeah. And she was taking him to all these like crazy little like thrift stores and cuts like we really like thrifting and all of that. Took him there and they were at some random little spot. They had like old Fila's and CeeLo's in there with some dime piece, buying a bunch of clothes and just like buying slippers and stuff. It was crazy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out my wife, Elizabeth Smart. What's good? What can you tell the people lastly here about Sharkula, the legend Sharkula from Chicago? Yeah, that guy, he was always like, I, we would see his tags always like all over the metro. Because I grew up in the South Suburbs. So when I come to the city, I take the metro train and uh, I'd always see like Sharkula. Hello, my name is Sharkula. And finally I got there and he's just like a street hustler. Like he's always like, he's a rapper sort of and like a poet sort of and a DJ sort of. And he always has these tapes. And so he just hustles tapes. And I mean, he'll say like $10 or like $5, but I guarantee you can get one of those tapes for like a dollar or a sticker or anything you want to trade, man. He's just a street dude in Chicago. Two other things about him, actually. Yeah, he is like, he's like a street dude. There's like urban legend that he's homeless or not. But the cool thing is every mixtape you get of his is, is original because he walks around the city just rapping into like a little recorder and he just like makes these mixtapes while he walks and then he'll take it out and sell you it. It's pretty cool. Props to Sharkula. Yeah, for real. That's dope. Is there any beef between you and Alt-J? Because, you know, you both have the... And there's beef with us and Daft Punk, though, man. Daft Punk's hating because that's their symbol, too. And and actually... And yeah, the Rock. Yeah, <laughs> and the Rock. Jay-Z's hollering at us now from doing the warning signs, man. It's uh, Cease and desist everywhere we turn. Because you guys know a lot about underwear, don't you? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Go on. Your designs are all over underwear. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes, Every, yes. Everywhere you look. That's what I was curious. What have you learned about underwear? Lastly, your Fosadamas. Uh, it's, I don't even know. Hey, listen, it's all about the tagless now, man. We're, 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 the, we're in the future now. No tags. It's got to be tagless. Comfort fit. It's very complicated, isn't it, underwear? Oh, yes, it is. Very complicated. There really is Flosser Thomas underwear, isn't there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is actually. Yeah, it's, it's a gigantic industry. The DJ thing is a side thing. It's really about the underwear. It is. <laughs> yep. Flosser Thomas, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Hoodie boys, hoodie girls, hoodie nation, we love you guys. Thank you so much for making this shit happen. Narwar, we're a huge fan of yours, man, so it's, it's an honor to even be on the show. Well, thanks so much for caring. Really appreciate it. Yes, I'm going to say, for real, we made it now that we've done this. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, we're on Narwar. <laughs> <laughs> and why should people care about Flossadamas? Why should people care? Because uh, we've been doing this for 10 years, and we have something to say over those 10 years, I think. I think that's why people should care. We have a movement going, man. Shout out the Hoodie Nation, for real. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Flosterdamus. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Turn up. All right, yo, it is what it is, y'all. Chilling with Jam's thing. I be Sharkler. Yo, roaches in the eyelid. Cold world. Cold world. Yo, yo, this is the new me, y'all. Everybody hold hands. We are Chicago. We are the world. We're a piece of it. Yo, pick up the Michigan, Kansas City, Midwest. Check it out, y'all. Here are-
cold world, cold CTA train. Brian, big brain, more fame. Let me adjust the saliva, no jiva. Alright! The shame, no blame. Y'all know who's who. What I does is go cuckoo like a clock. Click, click, goes the gap, but I'm out of here. Like a Louisville bat in the environment. It don't matter anyway. I know what the devil looks like, and it's not me looking in the mirror. Frightening, friendly, dapper damn Fendi. I don't have that. More committee sitcom show i'm an ace like master to let you know at least we all can't get along hello india i want to go there free big pizza slices on the booty diversity busted nut on the pizza 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 oh shit oh shit your face hot cakes i heard a vicious rumor i heard a vicious rumor Yeah. Now breathe in, breathe out. I'm blowing out steam like I'm a little tea spout. I'm a little deep south. I'm a little Midwest. I'm a little spaced out. I'm a little kid, yes. I'm a little bit illiterate, a little illegitimate, a real big ego for these people to belittle it. Well, go ahead and be little. Well, I'ma go ahead and move up from the middle and move to the front of the line. Please one at a time. Please move to the side. Any side works fine. Her backside looks fine. I backslide in my mind. As my back slides back as I fight back time But buying back time is not an option So what money can't do is what's my real problem And the other problem that I have Is that everything I have won't save me from sinking to the bottom So I'ma drink another cup down till it's empty Empty till it's like me so empty, empty People say I used to be friendly But now I only recognize the people that I envy The rest of y'all are standing in the way, yeah So you can fuck fight me or feel me or just fail and I'ma just fade to black Cause I paid for that And like Jay-Z, I'm best to just blaze And every day's a struggle But nah, not really Cause the only girl that wants me Is the only one that feels me And the money coming in I spend like time So it disappears quick Like my beautiful mind Got some suitable rhymes And a movable feast So now I'm on the move With the move of a beast And I look to the east Cause y'all, here I come And I ain't gonna stop here Until I think I'm done what? You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Sharkula and James Dean from Chicago, Illinois, with Cold CTA Train. And before that, a band that mentioned Sharkula, Flostradamus, an interview with Flostradamus. Coming up right now, an interview with Dylan Francis from Los Angeles, California. But before we get to Dylan Francis, here is a little bit of Andre Williams, the Andre Williams Orchestra with Rib Tips Part 1 from 1967. And in an interview with Dylan Francis on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show Real 
are you? I'm Dylan Francis. Dylan Francis, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. It's amazing here. Dylan, right off the bat, thank you, Bloody Beat Roots, Todd Latee, and Darby Crash. Yes. Yes. All of them. Uh, please explain. Bloody Beat Roots got me into electronic music. Darby Crash, I was obsessed with him um, growing up. Uh, who was the other one? Todd Latee. Todd Latee. He was the first person to ever play any of my records on BBC, and he gave my first record to Annie Mack, who then spun that, and then, like, I cried in my car. The foundation of Dylan Francis. Yes, right there. <laughs> Were you really in Mrs. Hill's Spanish class with Haim? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. And I used to, the only thing I used to say to Mrs. Hill was, uh, te quiero, te necesito, bien conmigo, and I passed. Which translates as... I want you, I need you, come with me. What was it like having Haim in the class? It was awesome. I was really... Well, I don't think... We weren't in... I th- we went to like the same teacher, but we weren't in the same class. Maybe Danielle was in my class. But um, Essie and I were like... We, we were friends. We were always like... Whenever we see each other in the hallway, we'd always do this to each other. And like we were just such jokesters. Her and I were like the class clowns of our school. And that was a bit later in your life, but fifth grade, that was important for you, wasn't it, Dylan? The fifth grade. Was it? <laughs> what was it? The prodigy video. Oh my god, yeah. The breathe video. Wait, was it the breathe video? The one with the cockroaches going to the sink? That's the one that started it all for you. Yeah, that's where I felt like I was uh I was really um <laughs> doing a bad thing that my parents wouldn't like they wouldn't be proud of if I was watching that that video and I was at my friend Sam's house after I was going to Kenter Canyon oh my god that's crazy I totally forgot about that Dylan what photographers did you intern for that sounds fascinating you were an intern yes I interned for Patrick Hullick um for Chris Baldwin for Anthony Mandler and um Tierney Garon can we see any of your work anywhere in any books? I, I don't think so. I think like the Loxa High School books, that's it. What was it like playing Coco's? You played Coco's. Coco DeVille? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? That was, <laughs> that was an experience because it was a very top 40 nightclub. And I, I think I was just playing like the, this one, the presets and like Midnight Juggernauts were really big. And I was playing all that stuff and they did not want to hear that in that club. But I remember the, the manager came up to me and was like, that was awesome. We'll totally book you again. And I didn't get booked again. 
What about Teddy's? Teddy's, man. <laughs> that was my place. Thank God they kept booking me there. Um, that was my steady paycheck uh, to be able to live in my parents' back house. Um, I, I was trying to play the same type of music there, and it was accepted a little bit more. Thank God. Dylan Francis, it's so interesting. You're one of the only DJs to have played the Indy 500 and Comic-Con? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know why, but um, I guess, you know, the nerds and the super middle America bros really like me. Are you one of the only people to have done that? Maybe. Am I? Comic-Con and Indy 500. <laughs> I guess so. I would think that maybe Dead... Oh, no. Dead Mouse hasn't done it. I know that Dead Mouse wants to do the Indy 500. Is that always a goal for you? Dead Mouse hasn't done it, so I got to do it. Yes. Yes. Because he's done everything. Every, I remember the time I took my pants off uh, while I was DJing and like you know told everyone to put their hands in the air and, they, and they, it was blocking so that no one could see. And then I posted being like, and no one knew that I had my pants off. And Dead Mouse commented being like, "Been there, done that." And they had a video of him walking around with his pants off as he was DJing. Damn, 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 mouse, that mouse. You have had though some music in the Super Bowl and a Labatt says, "Well, they have two ads in the Super Bowl." Yes, I did. Um, one of them was Ellen, De- Ellen DeGeneres Beats commercial, and then the other one was the beer commercial with the Bears snowboarding to Master Blaster. Labatt's Canadian. <laughs> yes, I love my Canadian people that that pay for that. Isn't so it weird now? My hand. <laughs> isn't it weird now how we brag about your music being in a commercial? Whereas years ago, bands wouldn't want anybody to know their music was in a commercial, eh? Really? Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm a sellout. I got my music in a commercial. That's, like, been my goal forever since I was a baby. Since, like, Moby did it, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think that's, like, a goal. That should be a goal for every artist. I think it is now. Dylan Francis, one time in Williamsburg, you woke up and you didn't know where you were on a Nero tour? What was that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, was, where, where, I was at Webster Hall, I think. Or some other place Playing Ended up hanging out with this girl We went back to I didn't know we went to Williamsburg I was really drunk And um, We ended up going to some weird place Some weird like Loft place I remember hanging out And I was just really tired And I ended up falling asleep on the floor And waking up Not knowing where I was And there was two people next to me I remember the girl woke up And was just like Oh my god And then fell back asleep And right when she did that I was like I gotta get out of here I ran outside Luckily I had power on my phone Realized I was in Williamsburg. Got the fuck out of there. <laughs> MySpace parties, are they hard to play? How hard are MySpace parties to play? The hardest. <laughs> Why is that? Because I, <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about the one I did at South by Southwest, where I tried to get catch the groove, and it was not happening. I played disco, hip-hop, just old like 90s hip-hop, house music no one was into anything and sleigh bells was after me and i think they were just there for sleigh bells or i don't even know but it was and i remember i got written up as like one of the worst performances in south by southwest was dylan francis playing at the myspace party he didn't look like he knew what he was trying to do when i did somewhat but i just yeah (laughs) sometimes it's good though to entice your fans how many times have you given money to the fans you've given money to the fans maybe you should have given the myspace people money they need it right i should have yes they do oh my god uh one time uh flostradamus and i threw a thousand dollars into the crowd in uh at Tomorrowland, tomorrow world no wait no mystery land so many lands and worlds and places (laughs) now how did that work we just took a thousand dollars. I think we had like 
$100 each and then just kept throwing it up in the air into the crowd. Sadly, the wind was pushing it not towards the crowd. So a lot of people didn't get the money we wanted them to get. Did it make the gig any better? No, I don't think so. Would it have been better if you poured maple syrup? Because you've done that, haven't you? I, I should do that today, actually. Have you never done anything else except money? Is money the only thing you've poured over the crowd? Have I done maple syrup? I don't think I have. Have I? I was just curious. I know more about me than I know about myself. Well, you love Canada, so I thought maple yes. syrup, you know, Canada. No, I haven't done maple syrup yet. Um, I've definitely jumped into a crowd with ham in my hands. What happened to the ham? The ham's gone. I, I, I don't know where it went. Some lucky fan in Nashville has it. That's where I did it. I just love how you jumped with an actual ham. Yeah, and I was raising it up like it was my baby. <laughs> and you don't know what happened to it? No, it's gone. Maybe you should address the camera and whoever has it should send out pictures of what they ate. They should. It's probably really bad now. <laughs> What's the quickest, Dylan Francis, you've been in a town and then left the town? Oh, man, I think it was the Indy 500. I think I was there for an hour or two. What's the longest you've been in the town? You've been maybe stranded. Oh, man. Like, have you ever had to do extra sets because you're there so long? I did get stranded. Not because of encores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got stranded in Chicago um, one night, and then I decided to do a house party. And I was at Lucky Date's house where we did a house party. And I think that was just a day, though. I think the longest I've had to stay in extra is an extra day, and that's it. Dylan Francis, what can you tell the people about this particular group right here? El Trim. Um, El Trim. Cars with the boom. The cars with the boom. Um, I used to play this so much. This, How did you get into them? Um, when I used to play at uh, th- this place called The Room uh, on Kawanga, the only thing that I could get away with playing was 90s hip-hop. So I would play all 90s hip-hop all night, and this was one of the big songs that people would always remember. It was a cougar mover. Yes, it was. <laughs> Dylan Francis, you've cornered the exercise market, haven't you? I think so, with how slow my music is. Get low, Zuma. Yes, yes, and with a lot of Mumatone stuff. A lot of girls are always like, oh my god, my Zuma class has Mumatone in it. Have you gone to any classes that are playing? Because that's an amazing market, isn't it? The exercise market. Uh, once my career just goes downhill, I'm going to totally go into, into that market. <laughs> Dylan Francis, what's the difference between Danger Mouse and Dead Mouse? That I've taught Dead Mouse about crust punks. And Danger Mouse I have not met yet, sadly. And the Dead Mouse didn't know about crust punks? No, which is crazy because there's so many crust punks in Toronto. There's so many of them. They're like Trusta Crustafarians or whatever they're called. Where did you first learn about crust punks? Uh, back in LA, there's there's tons of them. There's just Trustafarian kids that love to like, you know, either become Trustafarian. Yeah, Trustafarians. They love becoming. That's that's for hippies, Trustafarians. And then um, it's either hippies or crust punks, and they love doing that. Crust punks is like a big thing over there right now, which is rich kids that dress with only black and they wear the same thing every day, and they smell really bad. And they always have a dread and a dog. <laughs> Dylan Francis, how scary was it to remix Daft Punk? Man, I wasn't actually scared. Um, well, yeah, I was. What am I talking about? I was really scared because um, it's really like you're not supposed to do that ever at all. But I just really wanted to make an intro because I, when I was playing at Ultra, I just felt like I needed something that people oh cool like that's that's a really cool intro and i've never heard it before so that's why i did it and thank god most people didn't get mad at me i'm surprised i'm really surprised what's it like when somebody gets mad at you it sucks i hate when the internet gets mad at me 
I you know, want to make people happy. But how would you know when somebody's mad or not just joking? That well, yeah, that's true. Um, that's why I just stopped answering haters now because <laughs> I assume that they're joking. Dylan Francis, quote, this is something that you said. I made this remix for you, so make some fucking noise. Now, you also said, quote, are you ready to hear some brand new shit? So is that the key for having good hype lines? Yes. (laughs) I guess so, man. Fuck, I got to make up some new hype lines. But to get the crowd going, mention the new stuff, right? You have to. You have to. Yeah. Or else they're not going to know what you're playing. And it might suck, so they might, not, they might not go crazy for your new shit. Dylan, how's the band Slay Her doing? S- Slayer's doing amazing. Slay Her. I wish that was a real band. That's you and Skrillex, right? <laughs> no. Well, did we make that up? Yeah, I feel like on the Mothership Tour a long time ago we made that up. Um, he tried to give me some weird, weird, like, new logo. It was really bad. It looked like these weird amoebas that wanted to eat you. <laughs> How about your band Quarterback? Quarterback? Your Nickelback tribute band, Quarterback. Oh, with Dave Nada. Yeah, that's where we would... <laughs> that's where we just play Nickelback and we we use our iPhones and just put Wawa's on it. So it's like, it's pretty amazing. Baboom. <laughs> Dylan, do you still like the Spice Girls? I love the Spice Girls. After what they did to you? What did they do to me? They caused your laptop to get wrecked. <laughs> Did they? Yes, on Holy Ship. Please explain. You were playing Spice Girls, and then... Oh, man. The... Oh, God. <laughs> then uh, Diplo's dancer from Major Lazer. Dis- we kept telling her to not get on the stage. Stop getting on the stage. We don't want you dancing on the stage. And she kept jumping up. She was so wasted. And she kicked the drink all over my laptop. And I remember turning my laptop over and just tons of alcohol just pouring out of the keyboard and I was so mad but you should blame it really on the Spice Girls because she was into the Spice Girls I can't I can't be mad at the Spice Girls because I love them so much what did you lose on that computer and how many did you go through a year thank god I did not lose anything um I have every like there was a Mac dude on holy ship that came up he's like I got a I got a, a little hard drive come on let's do this he backed it up everything was safe oh my god that I would have been devastated and I had to go to Australia two days later so, I'm fine. Holy ship comes through. Holy ship, I'm like, fuck, yeah. So many good people on that. And people dressed as tacos for you? Yes. And yesterday, there was girls dressed as tacos and had cat ears on. I also saw some other photos at Holy Ship, and there were guys dressed up in thongs made of candy. Whoa. What did you see in Holy Ship? I'm glad I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, my God. But people might have seen you opening for Tiesto. You opened for yes. Tiesto. Yes. I went and joked that I was Tiesto. And then he comes up and grabs my head and put me in a headlock. <laughs> What's it like being in a headlock from Tiesto? He's a, he's a massive dude. You can feel the Jägermeister seeping into your skin when he touches you. Was that the first interaction you had with him? Yeah. A headlock. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Him touching me? Yeah, yeah. That was the first time he's ever touched me. Did you spend like 750 bucks at TJF Fridays in Sweden? <laughs> yeah, with Mac Miller. We got so many drinks that we ended up spending $750. Yeah, it was $750. Like, I don't know how many kroners that is, but that's what it came out to an American. And we split it. Or maybe, I think Mac actually bought it. I tried to split it with him. 
What was it like in Sweden at TGF Fridays? Was it just unreal? Like, why did you go there? Why not some local Swedish custom place? We, we, we were like, we need to go to some American place and drink as much as possible. And we saw TGF Fridays and we're like, that's it. We're going. And then we went and Mac got spotted by every single person possible. It, it was so funny. And then, you know, we were just drinking as much. It was just like a very American thing to do. And that's all we wanted to do. What does a Swedish fan say to Mac Miller? Can I take a picture? And he's like, yeah, if you want to like, hang out with us. No, I just want a picture. <laughs> They're very sweet-ish. Dylan Francis, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mad Decent Block Party. Yeah, Mad Decent Block Party. We head over to Montreal, though. Schwartz's. You've been to Schwartz's. Smoked meat. Yes. Oh, God. That place is so good. At Reading Fest, Dylan, you were interviewed by Hit the Floor Mag. Yes. And in that interview, what exactly is going on? You're like deep-throating the mic and banging the mic up against your cock. What is going on there? I forgot what we were talking about, but it, I, I definitely know that like those... We were talking about... Um, sweat, maybe. No, it wasn't sweat. I, I remember we were talking about some other person that was doing an interview that I'd watched recently where they were doing that, and I was, I was mimicking it. Maybe I didn't say that in the interview, though. No, there wasn't too much contact. I thought it was pretty wild, though, the deep-throating and banging it against your cock and stuff like that. Does that happen often in interviews? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And here we are with Dylan. That's what I do, Francis. Dylan Francis, and you love the how-to series, don't you? Yes. That's, you're talking about the science show, right? No, the how-to LP series, case in point, how-to... Oh my god Music to? Yes, music to bang to, right? Music to mate to I remember this <laughs> Music to massage to But pretty much bang, come on <laughs> I posted you could so get it long ago on my Instagram Well, I was thinking, you're into records like Music to massage my mate by Yeah And I was thinking, this is an amazing subgenre for you to get into <laughs> It is Check out all the different ones. I got a bunch here for you to check out. Check out all the different ones that you can get in here, Dylan. Check them out if you want to read the title. Music to break a lease to? Music to break a lease. Music to melt you. <laughs> Music to lure pigeons by? That I like a lot. I can't believe someone made that. Just a whole series of stuff. And I was thinking, man. Is this by the same person? No, it's just the genre that's out there. The music to, the how to. Like, tons of great records. That's why it's so cool you're into that subgenre. Yes. You didn't know it was so big, did you? I didn't. I didn't know there was anything else. And I have another one for you. A gift here for you right now, Dylan Francis. It's how to educate your Canadian dog. Because <laughs> you love Canadian dogs, don't you? Yes, yes. And this particular record that maybe you can sample, this dude actually educated the littlest hobo dog from the TV series. Really? Yeah, and check it over. Turn this over for a second. Check out the photo on the top there. Look at him. Oh, my God. Look at that dog. This is amazing. And that's a gift for you, Dylan Francis. Thank you. Because I just thought, now that you're into the how-to and educate series, you got to sample this. you got to sample this. I'm going to, and I'm, I'm going to do it for my cat. Yeah, because I was thinking, you've ad abandoning the cat. Time to get into the dogs now, right? Yeah. Anything you'd like to say to your cat now that you're learning how to educate dogs? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. You suck as a cat, and I don't want to hang out with you anymore. My cat does suck. It's like the biggest asshole ever. Dylan Francis, is it true that a midget made you throw up at the Pink Pony in Atlanta? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it tasted good? Yeah. That was like my first time in Atlanta, and I went to the Pink Pony, and it was delicious. The barf was delicious. Yes, it was so good. But what happened? What were the circumstances? Um, I just, 
I don't like strip clubs that much. And it, it was just like a lot of sensory overload. And so I just vomited. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dylan Francis. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? That you're awesome. And I can't wait to educate my new dog that I'm going to get because of this. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much, Dylan Francis. And why should people care about Dylan Francis? Why should people care? Um, I don't know. Because we're hanging out. Because you care. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, man. You're awesome. All right, Dylan Francis. Keep on rocking in the free world. Will. And do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-chitty-chitty-bang-bang. Almost. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do. Where can we start? We like them dumb and we like them smart. I like the ones with the pretty eyes. Well, I like all kinds of guys. Stop. What happened? How about the ones we especially like? Which ones? You know, the ones with the cars that go. I hear you. Hit it.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard from 1988, Cars with the Boom by L. Trim, as suggested by Dylan Francis. And before that, an interview with Dylan Francis on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Right now, going to end the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with a bunch of tracks. Going to begin with playing something by the Tubuloids. Thank you so much, Tubuloids, for sending me your brand new seven-inch release on Crapital Records. We're going to hear This Wave Sucks by the Tubuloids. Right after that, from part credit... Port Credit, Ontario, we are going to hear Artificial Dissemination, and we're going to hear the track Blow Up. Thank you, Artificial Dissemination, for sending me your 7-inch Blow Up by Artificial Dissemination from Port Credit, Ontario. Then I'm going to play something by The Dead Soft from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you, Dead Soft, for giving me this LP on the Kingfisher Blues record label. We're going to hear the track Phase. And speaking of Kingfisher Blues, we're also going to play something by Mesa Luna. And thank you, Mesa Luna, for giving me your 7-inch. And we're going to hear the track Get Going by Mesa Luna, named after the mid-2000s all-ages gig spot Mesa Luna. And we're going to hear the track Get Going by Mesa Luna on the Kingfisher Blues record label. So right now, to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, here are the Tubuloids, then Artificial Dissemination, then the Dead Soft from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you for your wonderful LP and the wonderful music you provided during the Victory Square block party in August. And then Mesa Luna. Thank you, Mesa Luna, for the 7-inch which you gave to me at the Catsalano block party that you guys played. So right now, here are the Tubuloids with this wave sucks on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show.
Baptists and Torch Runners this Saturday, October 25th at the Biltmore Cabaret. Door 7 p.m., show 